Hi, I'm Dennis Hester, and I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church Watauga, and we are grateful that you have tuned in to listen to these messages, either through our podcast or on our website. And as you listen to these, our prayer is that you would hear the Lord speak to you from His Holy Word. If you're interested in learning more about the church, you can get on our website at fbcwatauga.org. From there, there's a place where you can plan a visit, you can learn more about our beliefs. You can also request prayer through the prayer request page. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to get to know you. The most important thing that I'd communicate to you is as you listen to God's Word, that you find a place to get plugged into a local congregation, whether it's here at First Baptist or another local church where you live. If you'd like information or would like us to help you find a church home, uh, we'd love to talk to you about that. And you can contact us through our Facebook page. So God bless you as you listen to His Word, and may the Lord encourage you in your walk. So what, one of the keys to what it means to walk by faith is to walk in a personal relationship with the God of Scripture, a relationship with Him, and, and walk in such a way that, that we learn to hear His voice. Well, how do we learn to hear God's voice? We spend time in His Word, and we spend time in prayer. We read His Word, and, and as we read His Word, and He speaks to our hearts, those will begin to line up. And so there are, I, I do believe that ultimately the believer has to come to a place where they follow their heart, but only after their heart has been fully submitted to the truth of God's word and you have begun to walk in a relationship with a living God by faith. Now let me give you an example of that because see, by faith God will give us clear direction in our individual lives if we simply submit ourselves and surrender ourselves to the word of God and trust him. Uh, as a young man in high school, I made a decision that I was going to seek as best I could to walk by faith. And so to, to, to seek the Lord and to follow him. And so sometimes it means that when we walk by faith, we don't necessarily do what's logical. What was logical when I was in high school was I was really, really good at math and science. Uh, when we took the SAT test and ACT test, I mean really scored well to the extent that my professors, my teachers were encouraging me to go to MIT and to, to go into aerospace engineering, those kind of fields. And yet as a 16 year old, I sensed God call me to the ministry. Well, that did not make sense. In fact, I had many tell me that I was wasting my life by going into the ministry. So it, in the human mind and human logic, it did not make sense to go down this path. So why did I go down that path? After seeking God's word, spending time in his presence, worshiping him, I sensed that that was the direction that God was leading me. And so I surrendered to what I believe God's call was. Let me give you one more example because this one really does touch home. And, and, and sometimes it, you think, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Not long after Susan and I got married, we'd been married a couple years. We were still students at Howard Payne University. And uh, we wanted to, you know, where our plan was to finish school. My plan was to go to seminary. And we had a, a sense that God was calling us, I'm going to be real cautious here in how I say this, God wasn't calling us to have children, not necessarily. We believed that the Lord was leading us to stop using birth control. So we consulted with our doctor a plan to, to quit using uh, birth control pills and to, uh, of course we're married and so we're... Uh, we actually went and sat down with one of my professors who I consider my pastor, talked to Dr. Rainey about this. And, and Dr. Rainey said, well, you're not the first young couple that I believe God's 
said this to me. He said, you know, a lot of times God leads uh, couples in school to that direction, and, and then they don't have children. I thought, well, great. By God's miracle and by his grace, we, will, uh, we, we can obey his, what we feel him leading us to do, and we won't have children. Well, nine months after we completely quit using birth control, uh, we had a child. Uh, we, we, you know, we were by faith believing God was going to, going to take care of that and, and, and he did and, and, and so we were excited about that we, we knew that uh, you know, we were okay it was part of God's purpose God's plan but let me tell you what really can, became the confusing part then then Katie was born with all those birth defects and it really is something that could shake your faith and yet there was never a sense in our life that God's hand wasn't on us and that he wasn't leading us even to the extent and y'all know I've told this story the week before Katie was born the Lord had me preaching through first Peter and I preached on a passage about how God allows us to go through various trials for the purifying of our faith so that we mature and become the people that he wants us to be and so we made a decision that did not make sense Right In the human mind or human logic or in human reasoning, we made that decision because we believed that the Lord was leading us that direction and everything didn't work out perfect. But you know, that's okay. Because the guarantee of walking a life of faith is not that everything's gonna be perfect according to human plans and human reasoning. The guarantee of walking by faith is that you're going to fulfill the purposes of God and that God will use you and that he will be with you as you walk through that journey. I would not give up any of those decisions that I made trusting God by faith. There's some decisions I made in my life on my own that I wish I hadn't have made. But those decisions that I made by faith as we earnestly prayed and sought God together, especially when Susan and I prayed together and sought the Lord and felt him leading a particular direction. I would not change one of those. Even though my flesh might say, that doesn't make sense. You'd have ended up wealthier. You'd have come out better off. Things would have been easier if you'd have gone down this path. Faith is not about taking the easy path. Faith is about experiencing the presence of God and, and being a part of his kingdom work in this life. And you'll see that Hebrews chapter 11. Let's jump into that text. And we're going to go through Hebrews 11 differently than I usually do. So if, if this is your first Sunday here, uh, you're going to hear a little bit of a different kind of message, a different pace or cadence in the message. Because what happens in Hebrews chapter uh, 11, especially, well, really beginning in about verse 5, which was part of last week's message, is the writer of Hebrews takes us on a journey through history. And, and on this journey, he began actually with Enoch, and he addressed, uh, well, actually he began with Cain and Abel, and then he talked about Enoch, and he talked about how how their faith uh, was an example for us. And then he began to walk through uh, Noah and, and Abraham and, and Sarah and, and the patriarchs. And then he continues to walk through historically from the Old Testament how God moved in people's life and taught us things and accomplished things by faith. And so what I want to do is well, I want to walk through it portion at a time. And so we're going to put a, a few verses of scripture up and then I want to talk about those few verses of scripture. So beginning there in verse 7, let's just go ahead and read verse 7 and 8. The scripture says, by faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, 
He condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. The first thing that I want you to note here is that by faith, Noah was prepared for a storm that nobody had ever seen coming. Nobody had ever seen anything like that before. In fact, nobody's ever seen anything like that since. The scripture tells us that up until then, they really hadn't even seen rain like we experience rain. And so Noah, by faith, was prepared for something that he could not even imagine, something that he could not expect. But he had to put his trust in God's word and and, and in what God was telling him to do, even though everybody else around him told him it didn't make sense and they all laughed at him. But by faith, he was prepared to face the storm as he walked with God. See, it is by faith that God can prepare you for something that you could not even imagine might happen in the future. Somebody, I had a crazy week a couple weeks ago, and somebody asked me, you know, what was going to happen next week. And I said, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. See, the truth is, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what kind of call we might get. We don't know what kind of uh, emergency might arise or what kind of difficulty might come. But what we can be assured of is that the God who has walked with us up to this point, the God who is king of the universe, the God who loves us, who sent his son to die for us, is still God. He's still on his throne, and he's still in tomorrow, just like he's there today. Noah was prepared by his faith for the storm that was to come. Second, Noah, uh, by faith, or faith also exposes... Those who don't walk by faith. That's probably the best way to summarize the last phrase of verse 7 there. The phrase says, uh, the scripture says this, by faith he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Noah, in in a very real way, didn't, he didn't bring condemnation upon the world. The world's sin had brought condemnation upon themselves. But Noah's faith put on display what a man of God looked like and everyone could see what those who were not of God looked like. And so, When we walk by faith, it becomes a testimony to not just what a godly walk is, but it also shines the light on what's not godly, what is not experiencing a relationship with the Lord. So faith exposes faithlessness. And thus, there are folks who will ridicule and, and, and do everything they can to try to drag down those who walk by faith to minimize that life because it exposes their sin. It exposes their faithlessness. And we said last week, and I'll just remind you, every single one of us, every human that walks on the face of this earth ultimately lives life by faith. You either put your faith in 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 the person who, who made your car, you put your faith in the person who cooked your meal to, to do it right. You, every single one of us, every single day, makes decisions based on faith. Things that we cannot be assured of, that we cannot understand, but by faith we choose to go a particular direction. And when a person walks by faith in a relationship with the Lord, it exposes those, it put, shines a light on those who don't walk by faith. So Hebrews eleven seven speaks to that. Read with me verses 8 and 9 as we continue on a little bit further. Scripture says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith 
he stayed as a foreigner in a land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has a foundation whose architect and builder was God. See, by faith also requires that we, we obey. In fact, you cannot disconnect the idea of faith and obedience. We said this last week. If, if God is calling me to go a particular direction and I disobey, it's because I'm not putting my trust in God. Faith requires obedience. Look at what Scripture says. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. Now, there are times when God speaks in your life and he calls you a direction that makes sense. You can look at everything else in your life and say, it adds up. God's calling me to go to, to this college, to work on this degree, to, to move toward this career. That makes sense because I can see how God's gifted me and talented me in that area. There are also times when God calls you to do something that doesn't make sense, that doesn't add up rationally in the human mind. And that's when it requires faith. Now, once again, I want to go back to this idea that we're not just following our heart. You're seeking God's word. You're, you're, you're spending time in scripture. You're, you're praying. And you're allowing that personal relationship with God to lead you. I had a question about this because this, I get this question a lot as a pastor. I, this is something I struggled with as, as a young person seeking to follow the Lord and make decisions. And, and let me just kind of lay this out there because scripture tells us that if we seek the Lord with all of our heart, we seek him as best we can. He will give us the desires of our heart. He'll lead us to him. He'll lead us in paths of righteousness. So how do I make daily decisions? It clearly, scripture says don't kill, okay? I don't kill. That makes sense. But what about a career path? What about a choice of, of a spouse? Nowhere in scripture did I find the verse that says, Dennis Hester in 1987 shall marry Susan Hay. You see what I mean? Nowhere did it say that. And so somewhere along the line, as I sought the Lord, I had to make a decision, what I believe the Lord was leading me to do and, 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 and how the Lord was leading me in that direction. And we have to make those decisions all the time. So how do we do that? Let me, let me lay it out this way. It begins with you spending time humbly before the Lord, seeking him with all of your heart. If you will spend time in his word and you'll spend time seeking God, then when you sense him leading you a particular direction, make the decision and obey there was not a, a sky rider that, that put up in the clouds for Abram, thou shalt go to the holy land, to the southwest. Somehow he sensed the voice of God speaking to him and leading him, and he chose to obey. What if, though, what if I, I can truly say I'm, I'm praying, I've been reading his word, I'm seeking the Lord what if in doing all of that, I choose the wrong path? This is the peace that the Lord gave me. What I believe the Lord showed me is he's so concerned about me and, and my heart that even if I veered off in the wrong path, as long as I continue to seek him, spend time in his word, he'll always get me back on the right path. When we get in trouble is when we 
just do what we want to do. Go where we want to go. You know, well, this is where I'll make the most money. So we go to where we're going to make the money. That's what's going to get you in trouble. This is what makes me feel good. So I'm going to go down this path because it makes me feel better. It, it, it touches you know, some area of my life. Even if it's sin, I'm going to do it. That's what gets us in trouble. If you will seek the Lord, you'll spend time in his word and you'll pray. You'll follow him as best you can. Even if... Well, first of all, most of the time, you're not going to go the wrong direction. But even if you do, he's a big enough God, and he loves you enough to put you back on the right path. That's where we can rest in, in seeking to obediently follow him when he leads us by faith. By faith, in and of itself, when we walk in a relationship by faith, it means that we're not walking by sight. It means that we're not always doing what's most logical. It means that we're trusting someone who's bigger than us, who's smarter than us, to guide our lives and, and to take us where he wants us to go. That's what it means to walk by faith. By faith, we've, we're okay with unanswered questions. Abram obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance, even though when he went out, he did not know where he was going. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, are you, are you sure about that? How's that going to work out? How are you going to pay for it? I don't know. You're telling me God's, God's led you to go somewhere and you don't know what the end result's going to be. Yeah? How many of you really know what the end result's going to be anyway? We think we do. We can come up with a plan. Faith allows us to walk in this life without having to all, have, have all of the questions answered up front. In fact, the truth is God's word says that it is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It doesn't say that it is, uh, scripture does not say that it's going to show us the end result except we know the final end. We know that we're going to end up in his presence, and we know he's going to, he, at some point, Jesus is going to re return here. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff in my life between now and then that I don't have guarantees for. I just have to trust. It's okay to move forward with unanswered questions when you're walking by faith. Let's read a little bit further, beginning there in verse 11. We're going to read down through uh, all the way. Let's just go ahead and read down through verse 16 here. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who was promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as numerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. These all died, by, died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on this earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they, are, if they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. Principle number five. Faith looks to the future with hope. Things didn't make sense to Sarah when God told her she was going to have a son. But she looked to the future with hope. Things did not make sense to Abraham at his age when God promised him that he was going to give him an heir. But he looked to the future with hope. And even after they had Isaac, 
They never got to see the fulfillment of God's promise. They never got established in the promised land at that point. It was centuries later before they were ever established in the promised land. And yet they continued to look to the future with hope. The scripture says some of those individuals even died not seeing the fulfillment of God's promises. But they walked by faith continuing to look to the future with hope. And what happens when we put our faith and trust in God is we can always look to the future with hope. Hope is one of the most exciting and one of the most dangerous things that we can grab a hold of in this life because it keeps us moving forward. And and when we walk by faith and continue looking to the future with hope, there's a promise from God that he will always bring it to pass. And, And so Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, they had something incredible to look forward to. Though they did not see the fulfillment of God's promise in this earth, they saw parts of it. Obviously, just the fact that Isaac was born was a fulfillment of God's promise. It was a down payment on what God was going to do through them. It was miraculous enough that they had something to hold on to. And, and I believe God does that in our lives so often. If we'll just simply look back and remember those down payments God has given us, we can remember what he did here and how he got me through that. And hold on to those, and it'll keep us headed toward the promise in the future. Faith looks to the future with hope. Let's read verses 17 down through verse 22. By faith, then, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was uh, offering his one and only son, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac Blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. And he worshiped, leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. Faith not only looks forward to the future with hope, faith also allows us to pass God's test. When we trust God through the challenges of life, And we hang on to him by faith. It allows us to pass the test. Are you saying sometimes God tests our faith? I don't have to say it. Scripture says it. Scripture tested Abraham's faith. Whether he was willing to to lay Isaac on the altar. Scripture, Scripture says that God will allow us to go through testing. For the purification of our faith. Scripture allowed Joseph's faith to go through a time of testing, and he came out better in the end. Does God test us? Absolutely. Scripture says he tests us. Not just to to try us out, but God already knows how we're going to do, whether we're going to pass the test or not, but God tests us so that the rest of the world can see God in our lives. I believe a lot of, of what Susan and I struggled with, with, with the unusual circumstances of our first daughter, with all of her sickness and all of her hospitalizations, part of that, part of God's purpose in that was so that others could see how a young couple walked by faith through the difficulties of life. Just like we look back at Abraham and see how he walked by faith through the challenges of his life. There's more to it than that, though. God, God through all that time in the hospital and all the time dealing with my own suffering made me a better pastor. He gave me more empathy, especially for folks who struggle with children with illness. He made me 
I'll just say it this way, I'm, I'm a whole lot more effective at standing next to the gravesite of someone who's lost a loved one because God's taking me down that pathway. So yes, God, God allows tests and trials in our lives to purify us, to mold us, to shape us, to build us, to make us in the people he wants us to be. But also so others can see Christ in us as we go through trials because the truth is the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Bad things are going to happen to good and bad. Good things are going to happen to good people and bad people. That's life. And the world can, can watch how you walk through the challenges of life when you walk by faith. And then second that I want you to see here is they, every one of these people, by faith, trusted God in death. You look at verse 20 through 22, and he gives us a list there. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. As Isaac neared the end of his life, he, he prayed a blessing over Jacob and Esau about something in the future. I'm not going to be here, but God has a purpose and God has a plan. So in his dying days, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. When he was dying, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Joseph, when he came to the end of his life, made plans knowing that God had made a promise about the Israelites going back into the promised land at some point. He made plans and gave direction for how his bones should be taken from Egypt to the promised land because he believed by faith that God was going to do what God said he was going to do. So faith, by faith, we can face the uncertainty of death. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear the grave. You, you can trust that God has everything taken care of, that he's going to provide for you. Not only that, but this scripture says that they trusted that God was going to provide for their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. See, our pride seems to tell us that we have to be here to do stuff. Ultimately, the, the question is whether or not we trust God by faith. Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, they put their faith in God for a future that they could not take care of. So we can trust God by faith in the face of death. In verses 24 through 26, the scripture says here, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Now here's an interesting verse from Hebrews pointing back to the Old Testament. Verse 26. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. Wait a minute. Moses considered suffering for the sake of Christ. He didn't even know who Christ was, did he? Or did he? Didn't, had Moses already put his faith in the Messiah whom God had promised who was going to come almost 2,000 years later so that he believed in the promises of God. He believed in a Messiah that was going to come that was going to bring redemption to God's people finally for the future. And Moses did that by faith even to the extent that his belief in Christ allowed him to put himself in a position to be abused and beaten and run out of Egypt, even though he had a position of authority. And you remember Moses at this point, he was essentially a prince of Egypt, a prince of the wealthiest, most established nation of the time. Moses had it made. 
All Moses had to do was keep his mouth shut, right? Behave himself, follow the rules of the Pharaoh, and he had it made. He was a prince. He had all of the money, all of the wealth, all of the comfort that he needed right there in Egypt. But he chose by faith to identify with the slaves, to identify with the Hebrews, and to stand up for them. And when he did, a wanted poster with his picture on it went up all throughout Egypt. He not only was no longer a prince, they wanted, to, they wanted him dead. And yet, <laughs> Moses would have never been used of God to accomplish the purposes of God, to, to, to bring the people of God out of Egypt, to see the parting of the Red Sea, to see bread, manna poured out upon the people of, of God in the wilderness. Moses would have never experienced any of that if he had not made a choice by faith to do what he believed God was calling him to do. Hear this, even when it didn't make sense. There's not a single person in the world that would look Moses in the eye and say, that's the smartest thing you could have ever done. In fact, they'd have said, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? And not only did it make Moses' life miserable, he spent the next 40 years in the deserts. It, it also brought more misery upon the Jews. They even got mad at him about it. Ultimately, God used him to deliver his people from Egypt. But he had to take a step of faith and choose to do what didn't make sense that put him in a position of suffering. But see, by faith, we, we, we trust what God has promised for that future reward. Why is it that Moses was willing to make such an incredible sacrifice? Because he believed the promises of God for a future Messiah. In all honesty, I think that, that that's the only thing that really could push us that far to make that kind of commitment is when we truly believe that everything's at stake. See, the, read that again. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. He considered reproach for the sake of Christ. Moses believed that a Messiah was coming and that he put his trust and faith in God to be used of God for the sake of Christ. Now, of course, Christ didn't show up on the scene until thousands of years later. But Moses was putting his faith in the promise of God for the coming Christ. We focus on Christ as a greatest reward by faith. That doesn't mean that we'll have all of the rewards in this world but it does mean that the rewards that we receive will be greater than all of the wealth that this world could ever pour out upon us. Look at verses 33 through 30. We're going to go ahead and read verse 33 down through verse 40. And we'll end with two key points here. Let's start in verse 32. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, 
gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Amen, right? Praise God. By faith, all good things happen to God's people, right? By faith, they, they conquered armies. By faith, they saw dead people raised to new life. By faith, they obtained the promises of God. By faith, they saw justice administered. By faith, they escaped the mouths of lions. Yes. By faith, many wonderful, great things happened on behalf of and in the lives of God's people while they walked on this earth. But folks, if you stop there, you miss half of the gospel. Because God will guide you through those wonderful, glorious, great times. And he'll do wonderful things in your life. But God will also be with you in the valleys of death. And this is where half of, not half, but a good portion of Christianity misses the boat when they only preach half the gospel. Here's the rest of the truth of what might happen because of faith or by faith. Other people were tortured not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, in goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. Lord, I like the idea that if I have enough faith, good things are going to happen to me. I don't like the idea that if I walk by faith, I'm going to get sawn in two. I just don't like that. I don't like that if I choose your way, that, that uncomfortable, difficult things may come into my life. I don't like that side of it. The story I told you all up front, I, I'll be honest. Throughout my life, I've asked God that question. Lord, why did you lead us to have a child if she was going to have all those illnesses? You can bet I've asked those questions. Now, I, I preached earlier the good side of that. I see how God used Katie, and, and I would not go back and change that for a moment. But I question it. Because <laughs> there's things that happened that I didn't like. A lot of things happened that I didn't like. Sometimes, God allows us, even when we're walking by faith, we're filled with faith to suffer. We're not going to like it. Why would I choose a path of faith if it was going to lead to suffering? Well, in Moses' case, it led for a period of suffering, but then it led also to a period of good things happening. Ultimately, God's word tells us that even Every single one of those people who chose that path of suffering, that path that God called them on that led to suffering, whether or not they chose the suffering themselves, they, they will experience something far greater, far more glorious in the reward that God has planned for them for eternity that will, that will outweigh any and all of the suffering or torture or difficulty that they faced on this earth. And so by faith, they walk through difficulty looking forward to a better tomorrow. And what does scripture have to say about those people? Look at the last half of verse 38. They wandered in deserts 
I'm sorry, we're going to, the first part of verse 38. The world was not worthy of them. God had a purpose and a plan and a place for them, and he says the world was not even worthy of them who suffered those things by faith. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these were approved through their faith. But they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Let me unpack that for just a moment because this is really a key for us. Those people who before Christ died in faith had not at that point received the full promise of redemption. They could not receive the full promise of redemption until Christ came, died on a cross, and rose again. Because redemption, that, that full promise of God's perfection, his righteousness, only comes through Christ, who Moses was already looking forward to, who these people also were going to receive that, that promised redemption from, that cleansing and that, 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 that renewal from, ultimately, they received it the same time we did, when Christ died on the cross and rose again from the grave. It is then, it is around that turning point in history that all faith must focus. Those who walked before look forward to the Messiah, as Moses did. Those who came after Christ, we look backward to the Messiah, to his death, burial, and resurrection. Because as all of Hebrews has said up to this point, if you, if you don't get this, go back and read Hebrews 1 through 10. It's all about how Christ shed his blood so that he could perfectly fulfill the law and the purposes of God so that we could be redeemed by his blood and made alive by his resurrection. And those who walked by faith, all of those in Hebrews chapter 11 up to this point did not receive that full promise of God until they received it along with us in Christ. So key, faith is the key to God's approval and receiving God's promises. You cannot be made right with God without faith. This was the main point of last week, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2 and verse 6. Book ended that introduction to this chapter that said it is impossible to please God without faith. So until you say, you know what, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my full life in his hands. I'm going to surrender it to him and I'm going to trust him to lead me where I need to go. Until you're willing to do that, you will never be pleasing to God. It is by faith that you're approved of God. It is by faith that you can come into the presence of God. It is by faith as you've been cleansed by the blood of Christ that you can enter into his throne room. But it's also by faith that you'll receive the rewards that God promises for those who follow him. You will not receive those any other way but by faith. Now we know many of you have walked this road. You came to a point in your life where you knew that you had no hope of eternal life outside of putting your faith in Christ to save your soul. And so, you made a decision of faith. You came to a point where you said, Lord, I can't save myself. I'm a sinner. Your word tells me that I've sinned against you. And because of my sin, I'm separated from you. Because of my sin, I, I deserve eternal death. That's what scripture says. Lord, I can't do anything about that. So I'm gonna put my faith 
in you for my eternal life. And we surrender our, our, our eternity into God's hands, believing that it is only through the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we can have hope of eternal life. And we choose to follow him, and we, make that, we nail that down by baptism. We, we start getting plugged into the body of Christ. But what happens far too often with far too many of us is at that point we say, okay, I know that I couldn't be saved except by faith, but I'm going to do my best now. I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to make all of the right decisions. I'm going to do everything I can to be pleasing to God. And God is all the time speaking into your ear saying, you can't please me by giving it your best. You can only please me by surrendering to my best. You can't please me by figuring it out, memorizing the doctrine, following the rules. You can only please me by trusting me with your whole life, every day, by faith. Sometimes... I'm going to ask you to do something that doesn't make sense and add up in your little pea brain human head. And I'm going to ask you to trust me. I don't know how many times I've asked my girls to trust me even though they didn't completely understand it. Maybe because I had experience there before. Maybe because I could see a bigger picture. Don't you know that God can see a bigger picture than you can? And yet, far too often, we make decisions based on what we see, what we think, what feels good to us, what we can pay for, instead of making a decision based on what God is leading us to do. Faith is the only way that we're ever going to be approved by God for eternal life, but also for daily life. In fact, Paul told the Galatians that they were idiots if they thought that they could live any other way except by faith and be pleasing to God. The writer of Hebrews basically says the same thing. So if God has called you to do something that is out of your reach, that doesn't make sense, that you're struggling with, my only advice to you is obey. Obey. By faith, obey. Seek him, pray, earnestly Ask him to lead you and then by faith obey and then watch what he does because that's the only way that you're going to please him. Would you stand with me? Matthew is going to come lead us in a hymn of response. And, and the reason we do this at the end of every service is twofold. First of all, I believe that in a crowd, in a group this large, that there's somebody that has not made that decision publicly to follow Christ as your Savior. You haven't trusted him for your eternal life yet. And the scripture tells us that we have to make that, that commitment to him and that we have to make it public. And so I believe that in a group this large, there's somebody here that doesn't know if you were to die today, whether or not you'd go to heaven or not. And so I want to give you a chance to do that. I can't imagine if somebody stepped out of this service, got into their car, and passed away today or this week not knowing Christ not knowing that you put your faith in him for eternal life. So we have this time of response at the end of every Sunday morning message when you've heard the gospel preached so that you can respond to it. So I plead with you to come talk to me, talk to Kevin. We'll, we have other folks that can sit down with you and go over truly what it means to, to accept Christ as your Savior and to follow him as your Lord. 
But I believe there's also people here that God is challenging in your life to do something that you think is impossible and you can't do it. And you need to take a step of faith and obey him. And this is your chance. If you just need to come to the altar and lay it on the altar, this is your chance to come. Matthew, you lead us as we come.